0: Everyone and welcome to Hit and Hustle from irishsportsdaily.com. I am your host, Greg Flamong. That is the professor of Jamie University, Mr. Jamie Uyama. We've got a mailbag show for you today. Uh, it's going to be very fun. Lots of different types of questions from irishsportsdaily.com subscribers. Um, so that's part of the perks of being an irishsportsdaily.com Irish subscriber. Can ask us questions on our mailbag show, which is always very fun, especially in the off season. We get a kind of different types of questions, especially from our guy, Oscar Vamos Irish. She's always hitting us with the, uh with the uh, thinking outside the box type questions. So those are always fun. So uh, if you want to be a part of that, uh, subscribe to irishsportsdaily.com. You can get involved in this show. Uh, If this is your first time ever catching us, please subscribe to this channel. Please hit the like button. If you like what you see and hit the notification bell, you whatever it is, we are going live links to this podcast. Are in the description below. Jamie, we've got some people in the chat already. Ga Wang is in the house. Let's go. Guys here. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, he's paying us a visit, which is which is great. It's good to see God over here paying us a visit over at the uh the hit and hustle lounge. And you know what, Jamie? When I pay someone a visit, you know what I like to do? I like to dress nice. I like to dress up, look good when I'm paying someone a visit if i stopping by for the first time or I haven't been to their place. And if you want to make a good first impression on someone or make a good impression on someone and you want to dress nice, then you can head over to ESQ clothing, which happens to be founded by Notre Dame alum, God Wang. And you've seen ESQ on all your favorite Notre Dame players and coaches over a decade of making the best custom clothing available. ESQ will help you look and feel your best in 2024 from a perfect fitting suit or sport coat shirt or bomber jacket, or the perfect tuxedo for wedding season, check out Gah's amazing work at esqclothing.com and book an appointment to upgrade your wardrobe today. Mention ISD and get 10% off your entire purchase. Jamie, the uh, the, the combine starts today. Uh, do you know who's, who's working out today,
1: Jamie? Uh, I believe it's D-line.
0: Well, that's great for you not great for me or anyone else that's it's uh the d lineman. I it's just not it's not super fun um i guess there's a lot of good bench press oh, mean, it's great what are, what are you talking about what do y'all run the hoop is that what's going on we're running the hoop is that what the hula hoop out there No, nah,
1: i people just want to eat people just want to see the testing and stuff like that right I the mean, testing. i, I the, the workout stuff is kind of, yeah, whatever.
0: Some I, big guy's going to run like a 4-7. Everyone's going to get on their halt holl- and jollies about it and it's like whatever. I, I will agree with Greg. The, the, the DB workout is the best workout to watch. Why is that? I know because why that
1: is, but I want you to say it. Well, I think it's because it's the most applicable to what they actually do on the field. Like you see guys open up. You see them like – You see change of direction stuff. You see guys track the football. Like it's just stuff that it's like directly applicable to what they do on the field. Where I'm not saying like bag stuff. It's not bad or whatever. You do it in practice, whatever. But it's not the same as what you're doing. Um, It's not directly the same as as it's 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 more. it's more of a fit with what you do with the defensive backs and the receivers and stuff. Certainly.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're the best athletes on the field. They just are because it's a reactionary position and not just that you're reacting in space. And so you have to be able to react like all these guys. They're all great athletes. I'm not saying, but just like you you're the way you transition your fluidity, your feet, uh, your hips, you got to have loose hips. You got to have quick feet. You got to have fluid feet. Uh, your coordination has to be really good, right? You have to be able to run, right? You have to be able to accelerate. So, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's just true. That's why everyone likes it. You know, that's just a fact of the matter. Um, not, just not to say that there's not some good athletes all over the field, including your D lineman, Jamie, we'll get into that later about how we would do at the combine or how we would think uh, we would do at the combine. So, uh, but let's get into the questions. Let's just get into it right away. And uh we've got a we got a multi-parter from Duke Sinatra right away. Uh you got some wide receiver questions. First question: how much of a gap is there, if any, in terms of talent and future projection between Tylen Taylor and uh Raiden Vines Bright? So why, why don't you answer that one first, James? Um, I don't know. I mean it's I don't think th- I mean I would say there's a maybe a bit of a
1: gap in terms of like future projection because I just think that um size wise it's it's they're a little different but it's not that much like i think they're just different types of players um although i mean i would say taylor he's definitely a speed guy but um vines bright i'd say was more of a speed guy like yeah he's he's more of a, a burner type and taylor and taylor is more of like a run after the catch speed guy is is the way that i would kind of put it and then taylor's also a lot more um uh, I don't even know, unrefined as a receiver, right? Like I think mm-hmm. Bright is, is a little bit uh, further ahead in that respect too. So they're just different. Um, they're just different types of players. Like I would view, um, I mean, equally good prospects, I think, because I, I I like Taylor quite a bit and I like Vitamin's Bright quite a bit, but just – it's just kind of like what's your uh, what's your what's your favorite at the 31 flavors you know like what what do you, what do you kind of feel like uh, you like more um, And certainly I think that uh, I could see why people would prefer vines bright uh, but I could also see why some people would prefer Taylor.
0: I think vines bright I, I think I think that's all true. If you're just looking at like the types of players that they are and what they can do. They are very similar in terms of like like Vines Bright, like you said, like he he's he's more of a speed guy, but Taylor is also a speed guy. So, so their there's games are similar. I think Vines Bright to me has I don't know how to do how to, how to do, like quantify this or whatever. He just seems to me he just has like a little bit extra in terms of attitude. And that matters to me. And so that's why I, I view him a little bit differently. <clears throat> Um, but it's, it's not enough to be like, I think he's definitely going to be a better college player. It's not that it's just kind of personal prep. It's just kind of like, um, like, like Kyron Williams, it's just something there. Right. And, and you like to tap into that. And that's why I kind of look at him, um, a little bit differently there. Um, the second question is, I know he has great offers, but given his little bit limited production, do you view Meadows as someone who is a bit of a project and not yet an elite wide receiver, only six catches as a sophomore and 15 catches as a junior on a team that had a thousand yard receiver and a 600 yard tight end. So what do you make of that, Jamie? How do you how do you go about like projecting and looking at Meadows in terms of like he's done really well in the camps, right? He's wowing people in camps. He's doing one on ones and physically he looks incredible, right? He looks very, very good um, from a physical standpoint. Uh, You know, the Chase Claypool comparisons. 24 catches in two years. Right. Like that's you don't really know what you're getting there. So I guess people use the term project. I I think there's just kind of an unknown. Less so project. It's just like I don't know what what you got here, really, in terms of in a football game. You know what you have as an athlete, but like they're playing football games. They're not just doing one on one stuff. So that's the question. Um, how, How do you project that forward there?
1: Yeah. I mean, the production does, that it does matter, right? Like it it absolutely, like if someone isn't doing it in, um, in high school, it's a lot harder to project them to be able to do that in college. Right. Just like Mm -hmm. how you don't see many guys that were like, man, this guy did nothing in college. And then all of a sudden he becomes a star in the NFL that doesn't happen. Right. Like, um, so I think with Meadows, like, yeah, unknown is, is the way to kind of put it. And, um, you know, he was at Irish Invasion last year, and that's where, um, you know, he kind of blew up originally, right, and, and got offered. And he was super impressive, obviously, physically, right? Like, he stood out, and you could see how he ran, right? And he was someone that I watched before that camp. And, you know, the main thing was, like, wow, there was, like, hardly any film of him because he didn't have a lot of production. And also, he was, but he was, like, a track, like, elite track star. Right. Like that was mm. the thing. Right. It was like, wow, look at this guy, how big he is. And look at and the way he moves. But you could see with when he was doing drill work, um, he needed a lot of work. He needed a lot of work. And there was a lot of consistency. Like they did stuff like, you know, like they do at the NFL. Common. They did the gauntlet. Right. Where you like, you know, you run through and you got to catch catch the balls uh, running through while different quarterbacks are throwing it to you down the while you're running down the straight line. And I mean, he really struggled in the gauntlet. He did not look good in the gauntlet yeah. and not to say that that's whatever it's cause I've always thought that that was kind of like, okay, that isn't that all applicable when, when it comes to the games, but it, it just, but it does kind of show like a little bit of, puts just like a pressure situation to show like, you know, how good your hands are in, in, in those kind of situations while you're adjusting to the football and the move and all that kind of stuff. So, maybe that's why he didn't get thrown the ball that much. Cause maybe he was like inconsistent with his hands. So, it, you know, there's plenty of guys who can make like uh highlight real catches, but they're going to drop the easy ones. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, where, you know, where's he at there. Um, but I, I think you just look at like just all of the, um, the measurables and all of that, just like athletic potential. And that's why he's like, a four-star prospect but the reason he's not like a five-star because he could be like a five-star if you just looked at him physically and looked at what he ran and all that kind of stuff the reason he's not is because he does hasn't done that on the field he hasn't shown that he's really great football player yet right so um that's kind of the next step for him but also too it's like you take him because it's not really about um what he is now it's what he's going to be so you're also doing it in anticipation of him being like this guy's going to be great the next year. So, I mean, to me, he'd be in like the same, you know, I mentioned the Chase Claypool thing. It's like, that's a little bit of unknown, like in that same unknown thing, but he's kind of in that Bryce Young um, category where you're like, oh, you can just see it. You can see it all there, but now you just got to like, it's got to go to that next level. And obviously it did go to that next level for Bryce Young. And we'll see if it goes that way for Meadows. But I mean, certainly that's a guy you want to get in on because if it hits, he's going to hit big.
0: Yeah, but you do want to see, like, are you ready to catch five, six balls in a game, right? Six, seven balls, like, just like, hey, I, I have three catches in the first quarter. Like, I, I'm i in for a big one instead of like, hey, that's what I did in this game. You're not going to see me for the other three quarters, you know? Um, and the next question kind of gets into that, like like number three. Can House develop into a number one receiver in college? What is your expectation of how the rest of career plays out? Um, before I get to the answer to that, the, one of the reasons why you, you could see that is because in high school, he was the guy like at the top level of Texas. Like I'm going to, I'm, if I have five catches in the first quarter and guess what, I'm going to have like 12 at at the end of this game, I'm going to have 12 for 200 and like three touchdowns. Right. He is never, he is never satisfied. He is ready to, his cup is never full. In terms of production, right, and so that is the type of attitude that you want, and and you don't know that Meadows is capable of handling that, right? Because he's never had to. Not to say he can't, and it's not to say there's evidence that he can't, but you just don't know, right? So, uh, but in your opinion, can he develop into a number one in college?
1: I think w- what you said, Greg, is that's a perfect reason. Um, you know, example to point to of like he's been the man. He's like broke records at uh you know his high school, which is like had a ton of dudes. They've sent a ton yeah. of dudes to college and guys future NFL players. Um, they've been very successful, especially in the passing game. Like he he got 20 touchdowns in one season in like against the highest competition in all of Texas, right? So um that is something that you know. When you look at because one of the things was like he didn't have like a verifiable four year and whatever so he kind of got knocked down because of that but it was like the guy just runs and gets open like he, i'm sorry yeah. like he's just he's running by guys who's like a d1 corner here right like so i you know sometimes there's there's more than that of in terms of like play speed and all that kind of stuff too and I do think he has uh, the potential to de- to develop into a number one receiver um, at Notre Dame. I mean, I wouldn't say I wouldn't predict that it's definitely going to happen. I think we need to see kind of the next steps, but I mean, certainly if you look at like his freshman season for like considering what you get out of a typical freshman and considering he was hurt and kind of moved around a little bit, like the guy had a great freshman season. He had a really, really great freshman season. So, it wouldn't surprise me at all. If he has like a huge jump and he ends up being the best receiver on the team this year. Um, But if I looked at him and I just looked at kind of everything about him, is he going to be uh Roma Dunze here? Right? Like the, you know, mm. the Washington receiver, who's obviously going to be one of the top, you know, whatever, top 10 pick in the draft and or, or Marvin Harrison jr. And I mean, I wouldn't put him that I think that he can get to that level. Um, so maybe he can be a number one at Notre Dame, but I don't know if he can get to that level. I think probably the most likely projection for him is to be like a very high end number two, mm-hmm. uh, but he could be a number one, right? And 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 honestly, he could be a number one this year. I, I think I think it could happen too because the other thing too is he is someone. Uh, like you mentioned that part where he's never satisfied he's like obsessed with the receiver position like he he's yeah. like wants to be great and um you know when when guys have that attitude um very rarely are they not really really good
0: so it's funny cuz i was i was thinking like when i saw a question i was like i don't think i don't think so and and the reason is it's like i can't think of a notre dame player with the profile of that he has, that's been a number one. Like he's he's not that fast. He's fast. It's not like he, I think he's faster than people think, but he's not like number one guy, right? So you look at like uh, like Fuller fast, like Claypool fast, uh, Boykin fast, uh, EQ fast, right? Like these all they all these guys could run, and I don't know a Great House can run. And that just popped in my mind. I just talked to him. He's Derek Mays. Is is he? He fits the Derek Mays profile of not. He's he's bigger guy, right? He has good size. Not like a great athlete, but ball player. Like doing like some of the best corners of his era, like the Ty Loss and the Samari Rolls and the Bryant Westbrook's and the Sean Springs. Like Derek Mays got over on all of those guys. All of them are better athletes than him right (laughs) we did do it and maybe that's gray house like that is the that was what gray house can be is like that Derek mays type where it's like he just is a ball player you know um so we'll see that that's that it's interesting because like you don't like to bet against the talent but you do think about like the physical the physical aspect of it and it kind of talks you out of it. So it's an interesting, it's a good question from Duke Sinatra there. Uh, Funk Beavis, recruits can obviously get stronger as they get older and put on muscle, but some guys just have freakish natural strength for their size. Are you able to see that in highlight videos or is it more difficult to assess than something like speed? Is that something coaches evaluate at camps? Um,
1: You can see it on film, Um, you know, to, to a certain extent. Like there's just guys that you can see like, um just their pop with their hands that is just like um i mean the best way i would say is like unnatural like it's not normal to just like be able to just like like actually like rock somebody back with your punch as like an offensive lineman or Mm a defensive lineman or to really just like you know, explode your hips through someone sorry, hit the table. <laughs> so I was doing that. Yeah. Analysis. But uh uh, you know, to explode your hips through to kind of like, you know, finish up to to, you know, your power base on a block or something like that, or just like destroy somebody on um an ISO. But you can see you could definitely see some of that with some guys. And there are guys who are like I mean, country strong, right? There's guys mm-hmm. who are just like, this is just naturally who they are. And I think if you saw like Quad Nelson, I, who I wouldn't just say he was like country strong, but like he was just strong, strong. I think it was just obvious. Like you didn't need to see him. Uh, he had, he did something when I remember when he was in high school, he like bench 225 like 26 times or something like that. I can't remember the exact number. And you're like, well, yeah, he's friggin' strong, but you didn't need to see him do 225 on the bench to know that he was strong. You saw it on, on film. So yeah, you can see some of that. You could certainly see some of that a, in camp too, with hands and stuff too. And there's just some guys too that naturally have it. They have naturally more violent hands than, than other people. And I think that is a good thing to actually see at camp because that's stuff that you can, it will stand out more. Right. Um, and, and that is something too, that I think like it, for me, because I didn't have naturally violent hands. I wasn't like I didn't play defensive line until I got to college. And it was like kind of foreign to me to kind of like develop a punch because it was like it's not used to like body mechanics, weren't like used mm. to this. And I just didn't have that kind of natural strength of it. Or it was like I had to work at it. I had to, had to really, really um, work at it. Um, and still like there's just some guys who just have it and it's just like they, ju- they just have it or, or they've developed it already. Right. So um I think that's something like, I mean, Howard cross, that's something with him, yeah. right? Like that's something that you notice with him. So um I would say even Donovan Heinish, you can already kind of see it with him. And that's why he's got a shot to play despite his size. Right. Is like, mm. because he's got some of that. Right. So um I think all that kind of stuff, it's like, um, you, getting someone in camp, getting, seeing them in person. Like there's a big difference between like, you would say like, Oh, it's not that big a deal to hit a bag. But when you can feel someone hit a bag, if like, you know, a GA is like holding a bag for, for a recruit and they're like, and they feel that pop and they're like, well, that pop was different. Like that kind of stuff does matter when you're um, evaluating um, kids.
0: Yeah. And even for like, like DBs and stuff, right? Like, that was one – like, play strength. It's like that was one thing that really stood out with, like, Kyle Hamilton. Like, when he came in, he he was thin guy, right? And it wasn't like he was super built in terms of, like, his upper body and his lower body. And he was kind of lanky and stuff and just, like, really long. When you watch him play, like, the way that he attacks blockers, the way that he attacks the offense, same thing with JOK, right? Like, you see those guys – and it's like man those that's a strong guy i don't need to see him he just they play strong you know and like that is the kind of thing that sticks out on film and it also stick out in person um and to where it's just like some guys like a lot of people are are built you know and i know this is true for you too there are so many people who i've seen play or i played against or people will come out to practice this happened a lot in junior college right like in the summer guys would just come out from all over the city or all over the area. And we'd have like seven on seven kind of like pickup games or whatever, or people would come practice with us. And like some of these guys are like really well put together, but that doesn't translate to playing. It it just doesn't for whatever reason. I don't know what it is. And then someone who's just kind of like not a big weight room guy is kind of like ragdolling people all over the field. Like it's just some people have that kind of strength. So that does show that does show out. Like you said, with the bag, just in person, like you can just kind of see, like, wow, that guy's kind of throwing people all over the place, and sometimes that doesn't show up on film, especially in like a camp setting. So uh, that's another good question. Two good questions to start the show. Uh, Sloth asks, what would have been the strengths and weaknesses of Young Flamong and Ua at the NFL Combine? What do you What are you crushing, Jamie? Um. Oh, I'm crushing uh, the the the
1: five ten five. I was always like I just crushed that. I, I really just really great times doing that. What is that short like, shuttle? Short shuttle, yeah. So I, I would uh, I would always crush that. That that would was always uh, like always like one of the lowest on the team. I, really, really good. And and my weaknesses, I'm like just straight size because I'm not built like this. Is one thing. Like I'm a big guy. And if I stand next to like a regular human being, I look like a big guy. Mm. But when you stand next to guys that are in the league, then you realize, oh no, I am not like, it's it, this is a different yeah. level. Like, um, like if you're next to like my, when my cousin worked for the 49ers, like I was, you know, just chatting with Justin Smith, who was a former defensive line player he's a great player. And he was just like – this guy just looked like he could eat me up and spit me out. He was huge. He was just a different level. Everything about him was so much bigger than I ever was at my peak of like the biggest and strongest I ever was. And it was just like you just realize how different it is for most
0: guys who play in the league. Um, I mean, 40 time for me Uh, makes sense, right, track guy? A uh, 40-time vertical uh broad jump. I was not good at the, the shuttle stuff. That's not my thing, like three cone and all that, because I'm a long strider. So, like, getting my legs to Track. kind of turn over quick enough, it's just like it just wasn't my thing. I just couldn't. I never put up a good time for that. Uh Bench. I probably would have opted out. Like, I was never, <laughs> I, I never had uh, upper body strength ever. And it's like one of those things, you know, like, man, like, ah, it's, it's got a shoulder like, thing today. Just yeah, kidding. it's like, <laughs> ah, it's, I had a stinger, you know, I had a stinger and uh, several other problems. Uh, my wrist. No, it's just, it, I, I could never get bulk like that. I had a real problem with it. And because I had a problem with it, I didn't really work at it. Right. It's like one of those things, like, I don't, I'm not going to do something I'm not good at. I'd rather do things that I'm, I, I can excel in. Um, and so that the, like the field drills, like the, like the turn and run, like they give the speed turn, you know, they do the hips and stuff. And then the, you turn and do the, the, do the speed turn and they throw the thing like that would have been good for me. Uh, but yeah, strength stuff. No uh, short area, quickness stuff. No all the explosiveness stuff. Yes. That would have been good for me. Uh, so, and I don't, I wasn't, like I was not really built, right? I was obviously very fit in good shape. But I was not like, oh, like I was not a first off the bus guy. Just put it like that. People weren't, people were not never afraid of me. Uh, that wasn't a thing. So that's my situation. Extra uh, ND 1994. Great interview with Derek Mays. I was not aware that the fourth quarter of the BC game in 1993, the quarterback, Kevin McDougal was calling his own place. Had you heard that before? Does that change your perception of him as a quarterback? In Notre Dame history. Um, once again, if you haven't heard, I, I did an interview with Derek Mays uh, that released last week and it's still up on the uh, YouTube channel. So check that out uh, if you haven't done so already. This kind of blew my mind, Jamie. I don't, I have not heard this where basically Derek Mays said in the fourth quarter of the BC game in 1993, Kevin McDougal was ignoring the play call that came in from Lou Holtz. Because this is, Back in the day when uh, Holtz would send the play in with a receiver, basically, uh, so he was there were no signals. It's like a, you tell him the play, run yeah. it in, they get in the huddle, and you go out there. Uh, Derek was saying that he ignored it. I'm no, we're gonna run this play, or maybe we're gonna run these wide, uh, these these route concepts and things of that nature. Uh, that is not something I had heard. The thing that made me maybe change the perception of Kevin McDougal as a quarterback in Notre Dame history is Derek said he was the best passer he'd had during his time in Notre Dame. So that includes Rick Meyer. That includes Ron Paulus. He was the best basketball player that he'd had that came through. And he was the best golfer that ever came through. He said it was scratch golfer in college. Um, I, Had you heard this the the story about how Holtz was going to name Paulus the starter before 1993? And there was yes. almost like a team revolt. Yeah. Like they were going to like go to him and stuff.
1: Yeah. And that was like, I mean, I've, and I've read like books about that guy. Like there was a lot of interviews with that. And I remember too, like there was like long sports illustrated articles about that. Like it was like a, it was definitely a huge topic. And I no way they would have, uh, you know, had the season they had if, if palace was a quarterback. And that's not even a shot at Ron Palace. It was just like McDougal was the best quarterback. He should have been the guy. Like it was just obvious, and he and it, he, it played out that way.
0: And the team really wanted it. I mean, that was another part. It's like they would have been upset, and and just the idea that a quarterback who you think is going to start breaks his collarbone in practice because he got sacked. But <laughs> like, imagine. Imagine if CJ Carr was like going to be named the starter and he couldn't be get the starter. Um, he couldn't be named the starter because in practice they were running a play and he was live and, uh, Howard cross sacked him and landed on his shoulder and broke his collarbone. Yeah, I mean, could you even imagine? Like that would just be insane. Like that would just be a total scandal. <laughs> like, it, it, like that would. I never think that happen. was like
1: one of the catalysts for like, hey, you can't hit court, like the red jerseys. Yeah. Like, on honestly, because that was like, it was a very big story at the time.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, it was. It was. It was a big deal, and obviously, it, you know, McDougal took took advantage of his opportunity and moved on. But I think just, I think. Uh, the thing that not necessarily that particular story, but the thing that made me kind of shift my thinking on McDougal was the way that Derek Mays talked about him and just the way that he, like he spoke about him with reverence. Yeah. Like, which he, is, he pretty, was that dude. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, I'm convinced by this, right? Like I was not there and he was, and like, there's a thing with the team. It's like, no, you don't get it. Like this guy was awesome. So uh, I think that kind of, swayed me in that regard so again if you haven't seen the interview go go check it out so on the youtube page uh let's see this right uh is it negs yeah negs 2525 what are your impressions of the new wide receiver offer michael terry he seems like a top of the board target his speed and agility stand out on his film while also showing some good power around the goal line as a Wildcat quarterback and running back
1: well i don't know about top of the board because he wasn't uh i mean they took him they, they, they offered him and they took him. So yeah, he's obviously someone who's they wanted. So there's that, but I mean, top of the board, I don't know if he was, you know, the highest priority guy for them in the class. So I wouldn't put it that way
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, with him, but yeah, I mean, we've we went over it when he, uh, you know, uh, committed he's got exciting traits right like he's got he's got great speed he's he's really like just like special change of direction stuff he can be like a dynamite returner um you know obviously the comp isn't good that he's playing against but he's dominant against that competition Mm -hmm. and you want to kind of see him kind of develop into um kind of like a, a complete receiver um but he's you know the potential there he he has potential elite ability after the catch and as a returner and that's why he's a really kind of exciting prospect also why um you know he's he's one of those guys that's right now who's like um his offer list looks way better than his ranking mm. which his ranking i think could you know that's that's always something where you're like oh well this could this could change. And if it doesn't change, it's because he's like, it's a size. He's not the biggest guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I agree with you. I mean, it's it, top of the board is kind of like, I don't know. I mean, if you, if you get an offer and, and you're in the class, like that's, it's pretty top of the board. Right. So I I, I don't know if it's, if I view it like that, but like you said, I, I agree with all of your uh, comments there. Uh, Meek Irish, which position coach has the biggest challenge this spring? Which one has the easiest job? Um,
1: I mean, easiest job, I, I mean, I don't even know if there is such a like, I don't think there is an easy job, right? Like, um, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't really think there's an easy job of, out, out of anyone because there's always, even if, like you said, like, well, Al Lawson's got, uh, you know, Howard Cross coming back and he's got Riley Mills coming back and they're bringing in an R.J. Oban. Well, they still got a, like a competition at Viper and they still got all these other young guys. They got to develop, right? Like mm. that's something that's important. Like you could look at corner and say, Wait, well, Mike Mickens, is Ben Morrison. And then he got Jade Mickey and he's got uh, Christian gray. And like, you know, they're bringing in, they, they, they brought in these other, uh, you know, guys, they, they, they brought in cart to play nickel and they, they have, uh, you know, Micah Bell and they have all this young talent and it's exciting. And they got Clarence Lewis there, but he's, well, he's in charge of the safeties too. And it's like, there's young guys who got to develop there. And still some of these other young guys at corners got to develop too, because we're talking about them like they're going to be great. Well, you still got to, they still got to get there, right? They still Mm got to do all that. So, um, I mean, you could say that those guys have the easiest job, but it's like, that's not, doesn't sound like an easy job. They still got to work. They still got a lot of work to do with those guys. Um, I would say for biggest challenge, I think it's for me, It's, I couldn't even pick one that, I mean, no, I guess I would say Joe Rudolph probably has the biggest challenge because there's just, you got to figure out, um, you got to figure out the guard situation. You have to figure like, okay, well, so is Ashton Craig like the center now? Is he the center? This is what it is. And he's just ready to kind of take off. Or is Pat Coogan, I'm going to move him into center? is Pat Coogan good enough to still be this, uh, you know, a starting guard? Or is he Andrew Kristoffick in 2021? And he yeah. started then because they didn't have anybody, and that's what it is, right? It's like – or is, is Charles Juggieson going to be, like, a stud at left tackle and he's going to just step right in and he's going to develop and do all these things? It's like, you got all of these questions there uh, that you have to answer. And you could say, like, receiver, I think Mike Brown's got a tough job because I think there's a – the talent there I think is pretty good and the numbers there are pretty good in, in the spring, but you got to kind of figure out like, okay, what role is everyone going to fit in and all that kind of stuff. And and, mm. and who, how good are these guys going to be? And then Jacob Paul's mentioned that linebackers too, right? Because I think that's a tough job too with Max Bull has got a tough job, right? Just figuring all that and get, getting like, which are the young guys have kind of ready to kind of take that step. And, um, they're all hard, but I think Rudolph's got the hardest.
0: I, I think Rudolph definitely is the hardest. He has three, three spots or uh, three players for two spots at guard. He has three players for two spots at tackle. Right. And you got to like ensure that Ashton Craig is actually going to be the guy. So it's like, you don't know if it's going to be like, if it's going to be Emil Wagner, does he, should he play on the left and should Jagu play on the right? And if it's going to be Baker, should he play? Like, you don't know exactly what side. Uh, kind of the same thing with guard, right? Do you want Strouth on the right? And if Spindler is the next best guard, then, then do you want Strouth on the left? Like, like there's a lot that he has to get figured out. And the offensive line is a big deal, right? Like, it's it's probably the biggest deal so far on the offense in terms of just, like, getting that all figured out. Um, I think the easiest job... It, it, which is to say they're all hard in their own way, but I think the easiest one is Dylan McCullough. Jaredarian Price has played. Jeremiah Love has played. Jabron Payne has played. You have that's three good, guys. Football. You have three guys who have played in the offense. They they have gotten real snaps in high leverage situations, all three of them. So that's a good great place to start. And there's usually only one playing at one time. It's a great place to start, right? So he has an experienced team. I, I think a low-key like hardest job or hard job is Gino Godulli because he's got he's gotta get uh he's gotta get Riley Leonard acclimated to the program. He has to find a way to develop Angeli and Minchie. I don't think I don't think CJ Carr as much because I think he kind of has an understanding, but Angeli and Minchie, they want to be the guy at least in 2025. If not the backup, because, you know, if something happens to Riley Leonard, like he has to get those guys developed and confident and feeling like they do have a place in this program on this team. So there's a lot of moving parts there, right? There's a lot that he has to, um, a lot that he has to kind of consider or consider. And another person with a hard job is whoever ends up coaching safeties. You got Rod Hurd, you got Jordan Clark. Uh you have uh, well, Don and Hurd Shuler isn't who not there yet, right? So Rod yeah. Hurd isn't even on campus yet, right? So you have a Don Shuler, you have Jordan Clark, you have uh Luke Talich, you have Ben Minnick, uh you, and then you have whatever freshmen are on campus, right? Like that. Locker, yeah. yeah, that's another kind of difficult situation. So uh but I think Joe Rudolph has the A the hardest and B kind of the most important um that he's got to that he's got to navigate there. So um Good question. I liked it. I like oh, Brandon Renshaw. For, whoa. I have never seen Brandon Renshaw in the chat before. Uh let's let's throw him out there. Let's throw, let's put Brandon's comment up here. Thank you for joining the show. If if, if maybe you're a longtime viewer, first time chatter, whatever it may be. Thank you for being here. Uh surprised to not hear Max Bullet name brought up for toughest job for positional coach. Um, I think he was brought up, but that's fine. Uh by Jacob Paulus and then by Jamie. A uh, tough place to step in and replace the experience at linebacker and fit the right athletes in the right spots. Um, I do agree. The, the thing with Max Bulla A, is he has two spots. And B, he coached them last year and he knows these guys. So it's like I, I think that's why – and, and it isn't like – it isn't the most important thing because – I just feel like with all the options that he has, he's going to find two that can play. He's going to find more than two that can play. So I just don't see it as like this urgent critical position like offensive line for example. They're going to find multiple guys that can play. There's more questions to me at
1: at offensive line. Yeah. Like even more yeah. because I think, you know, like Kaiser He can play like he whether or not he can be great or as good as like, you know, you want him to be, he can play at a pretty high level. Like he Mm -hmm. he can be a starter level at the very least, like, you know, and you, so even though you kind of already have that figured out and then you have the young and then you got basically one other spot to figure out maybe a couple more, you want to have more, but, but still, right. Like it's not as the thing where, even with the guys coming back on the offensive line you're like well i'm kind of not sure you know like yeah, yeah. i mean i'm sure rudolph maybe is probably more sure than us but he just you know that's it's it's a lot uncertain either but right. you know and, I, uh, whatever. Uh, it's a, it's a fair argument though
0: it's a fair argument right and it's not he it, it doesn't it's not an easy situation per se and that's why i'm saying like none of this none of this is easy but if i was ranking them um if i was ranking them then i wouldn't rank linebackers nearly as high as uh, as offensive line. That's for sure. Uh, next question. Irish Tank, 6,900. What are three things that would have you guys thinking Notre Dame can not only make the playoffs but do some damage in the tournament coming out of spring? Uh, I don't know. There's really anything coming out of spring per se, but let's just – we'll uh, – you know. Humor the question. I don't. It it it'd have to be coming out of fall for me to like really feel strongly about something. Uh, but mine would be. Uh, Jagusaw looks like an elite player. Christian Gray and Jaden Mickey look great. Like, like great players. The wide receiver in general not only held their own but make plays on a constant basis against Notre Dame's corners. Um,
1: first of all, I, I love this question, Irish Tank. Um, you know, great great member of the board who always uh, contributes there. Yeah, Uh, I will say that um, I agree with you in terms of the, you know, wait until fall camp to kind of get a little bit more definitive about stuff. But I do like all the, what, everything he put here. Like, I do think those were, would be, if, if Joggyzog comes out and you're like, oh man, he's like handling himself with RJ open. Cause RJ open has like been a good pass rusher in the ACC for multiple years now. So if he comes out and does that, then you're like, Oh, he can, that's a r- huge confidence building in terms of like where he's at. So I think that's um, would be a big one. I think, you know, the corner thing, I think it's just, it's, that's definitely, you know, um, uh, you know, that sets out. And then I think the wide receivers too, because, they didn't um they got owned by the corners last spring and then for most of fall camp too right so um you know they were it, it was a losing battle for them most of the time so you want it to be a lot more competitive there a lot more competitive because mm-hmm. you know they're not going to be like they're not taking it to the corners like that's not happening but just yeah like hold their own as 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 tank put it so i think those are those are big but I would throw in, like, getting, like, another um, – a, pa- a pass rusher, um, an edge rusher to really kind of step up and be like, oh, this guy's taking a jump. So, like, you know, thinking of Bubakar or thinking about mm. Jordan Botel or, like, another Viper or something like that, or, like, a linebacker um, to uh, – like, if, oh, if all of a sudden we're like, oh, man. Because I, I thought um, Bullock's comp, uh, uh, comments on Jalen Sneed were really interesting, talking about how when he's focused and when he's all there for there, and then he could be at this high level, but maybe he's just like too many other things. And that's maybe like I always think when, I, when I'm talking about that kind of stuff, it's like a sign of maturity that you can handle all these things that are there at school and all these different schemes and all, everything that's going on in the field so that'll be interesting to see if like oh he's like reached this point where sneed is like oh he's hit that level because if if someone like jalen sneed um or drake bowen or you know someone there at linebacker really just makes an all of a sudden you're like oh this guy's just a dude now it's just like so obvious like man that really just like i think the defense could be good anyways but it's just like that just takes it up a notch
0: yeah um it's hard because like some of these are in conflict, right? So like Jagu-Saw is one, but then like Traore is another one. Like like it just it kind of makes it difficult. I think for me, saw and and Emil Wagner, I think those guys. If 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 you go to practice, Jamie, and you come back and you're like, you know what? Just from a physical standpoint, like those guys look like Division One college football players right or power five starters right and it's like they're they're winning some and they're losing some but you know what like like looks great and Burnham looks great right and and Oban looks great and it's just like there's some real battles there you hear stuff like that that might start making me thinking like okay they got something here you know um I think the same thing with with like Shrouth too like you want to hear about like like the physical just the uh, how he looks like confidence wise too it's just like that's the kind of thing it's not so much what they're doing but like how they're carrying themselves i think that would go a long way i think the wide receivers like if to me if Mitchell is is consistently like cooking guys like maybe once a practice twice a practice i'm like then it's like, Hey, that's something you can build off that. Right. Like that is something you could, because I'm not like, I don't have this big concern that Christian gray and Jaden Mickey are suddenly going to be bad. Right. I don't know how good they'll be, but they're not going to be like, no, they're not gonna be bad.
1: They're going to be, they're, they're going to be at the very least pretty good. I think.
0: Right. So if Chris Mitchell is like having his way with them, it's like, to me, that would be like, Hey, he's a good, he's a good football player. Yeah. Like this guy, he's, he's legit. It's like um, you knew how
1: Troy Pride was good. He, you're like Troy Pride's a good corner. Yeah, and you're
0: like man, he can't
1: cover um, Chase Claypool in this camp. Like he can't. He, he's losing all the time. It's just like Chase Claypool's like just unguardable right now. And just that said a lot about Claypool because you already knew that you know Pride was at at least this level. You know, And then you're like, yeah. wow, Claypool's at this level.
0: Yeah, and the other thing is. <clears throat> if I hear that they're hitting home runs in the running game. I feel like every time we've heard that it's manifested itself in the fall. And it's like, that's what you need. You need explosiveness. Again, I'm I'm just not worried. I mean, because the other part too is like that would maybe show something about the linebackers. Right. And that would be a little bit concerning a little bit. But, again, I'm just not – I just don't think that they're going to become a sieve defensively, and I think it's more important for the offense to kind of have that going for them. So um, that's how I see it. But that's another good question. Good question from Irish Tank. Vamos, Irish. Here we go. Uh, I know you're probably not playing the NCAA game, but if you did, what announcing team do you wish are in the game? Play caller, color, sideline. Uh, answer, Answer that one first, Jamie. Hmm.
1: Um, I really like, okay, I'm, I'm a big Sean McDonough guy. Okay. I think he's great. So I, I'm just, I'd like, I'd enjoy him there. Maybe get like, I, I mean, he seems like he's kind of shifted to the NFL now kind of full time, but I would, I'm a big fan of Dan Orlowski when he was doing it. So I, I think that would have been great. Sean McDonough, Dan Orlowski in the booth would have, would have liked that. I um, mean, just not a big fan of uh, um, Chris and Herbie. Just mm. you know, they're there for, but maybe that makes them the best for the video game because they're just for the average fan or whatever. But I just don't find them very good. Um, it doesn't seem like they do as much in-depth research as as some of the other teams out there um and i just think like mcdonough is just like a guy who's like always like great at the moment you know him like or like him and like gus johnson but he's like a more toned down when he needs to be gus johnson i guess Mm um and sideline i mean i'm trying to think of like on the sideline. you know what i'm gonna go nd grad Carolyn Car- Car- uh, Pineta, that's one we go
0: with. Carolyn Pineta, go. That's yeah, a, get her. That's, get, get, give her the that's boost. That's a good shout. Give her the boost. She does a good job. She no, does. She does. I, 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 totally. I, 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 wasn't thinking. It's a good shout, though. It is. Um, I think. I think Tarico, Jacob Paula said. I, I think Tarico is a good one, <laughs> because to me, it's like he is. He's just kind of like a, a constant voice. Yeah, you know. And, like, that's what I want. I want a constant voice in there. Um, he's not too high. He's not too low. I, I think he's, like, a, a good kind of a, a person to be doing it. Um, Mike Tirico, Brock Heward, I, I don't know about Brock Heward. I, I think – He's hit and miss for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fine. I, honestly, I think Tirico – I would say Tarico and Blackledge are are the way that I would go with this. I'm not a huge Blackledge guy, but I I – I don't mind him. And I he does like he was doing the CBS games for a long time too. And like I don't want to do Vern, uh, but like old school Vern was pretty good Vern, too. Like, yeah. I, I want I want not Gary get, get Gary out of
1: it. Gary's well, not thank, great. No thanks that's to Gary Dadison. yeah, sorry. that's a no
0: thank you. That's yeah. a no go. Uh, but blackledge would be good. Um, and then on the sideline, like I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind a little Holly Rowe action. Do you enjoy Uh, Yeah, I I think she would be fine. I think think she would be good. Um, Chinese New Year was a bit over two weeks ago, ringing the New Year of the Dragon. Which position group will most emulate the dragon the most this year? For reference, the personality traits of people born in the Year of the Dragon are charismatic, intelligent, confident, powerful, and are naturally lucky and gifted. In everything they do, they tend to do it the best of their ability with high standards. What do you think? Wow. You know what? I just got
1: to give Vamo's Irish. What a question. Oscar's the best. These, these kind of questions are just next level. Yeah. This is what makes the pot right here. Thanks so much yeah. for this question. Um, especially, you know, with the personality traits, because if you didn't list all that, I wouldn't be thinking, I would just be, I'd be like, like, I have like, no who's idea. Who's the most like a dragon. <laughs> like yeah. that's all. That's what I've been like. Yeah. This guy, this guy breathes fire. Um, I'm gonna say. Whew, this is a tough one. Um, I for me, it's easy. I just say Xavier Watts. That's
0: well, it is it position group?
1: Oh, it's position group. Okay. Yeah, not position playing. group. Sorry, is okay. Position group. Okay, you go first. I, 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 I
0: it's it's Rajon Had. It's corners. It, it's the corners. Like, and if it, and if I had to choose one player, uh, it'd be Ben Morrison. But I think uh, charismatic. Like Ben Morrison is a charismatic kid. He uh, he like he, I was um I, when I go to the when I went to the games the two times he's been in the in the in the in the interview room and he has just like a charisma to him that is good. He's obviously confident. Um, I think Christian Gray is confident. We know Jaden Mickey is very confident, right? Uh, I think they're an intelligent group. I think the powerful part is kind of tough, right? I don't I don't see that, but like naturally lucky and gifted, like you need some luck as a corner, right? You need some luck. You need to tip ball. You need to get a tip ball. You need to get some stuff. I, I think it's absolutely, um, I, I think it's the corners 100%. I, I, that, that to me is where it is.
1: Yeah, I would probably say that too. And I also kind of think like Jade and Mickey kind of, when I think of some of these other things of like, just in terms of charismatic and like confident, yeah. and just, you know, he got that pick six, mm-hmm. at the right time. Like that just seemed like the perfect kind of timing. Um, intelligent, like intelligent, you know, Christian Greg gifted. Like, uh, yeah, I like it. I like it.
0: Yeah, let's go with that. And, and just to echo, right? Oscar always adds to the uh to the to the discourse and uh elevates he elevates the show, especially the mailbag shows. Because just about you, Oscar. You always want to be elevating. Uh, and when you want to elevate, let's say you want to elevate something, Jamie. You want to elevate uh your website, your social media page, uh, your highlight reel. You want to elevate those things. You got to go to a professional. And the professionals that we would go with are the, the, the folks at vsrmediacompany.com, which is founded by Notre Dame football pregame host and Emmy Award-winning anchor Sad Rizadeh. VSR Media provides professional and cinematic video and photo. Whether you're looking for a collegiate or pro-level highlight reel, have a personal story to tell, or are aiming to diversify and grow your business, VSR Media specializes in short and long-form video storytelling, social media management, and website design. VSR Media also captures professional headshots, senior, and sports photos. Contact them at bsrmediacompany.com. Mention Irish Sports Daily to receive 20% off your first project. Visit them online or give them a call at 574-800-9106. All right, let's go on to the next question. Uh, Drew Brennan asks, thoughts on Brock's shot as a prospect and why Notre Dame has not offered? Second question, is there anyone you would like to see Notre Dame offered that they have not offered yet?
1: Um. Good question. I, you know what? I never really get caught up in the, oh man, I don't know why they haven't offered them as much or I, I, at least now I don't as much one, because I think the staff does a really good job of like, there's not too many guys that um, I look at. And I'm like, wow, why did this guy not get offered? Like it's, it's where maybe it was different in the past. Um, I didn't always feel that way uh, mm-hmm. under some like, years with, with Brian Kelly. Um uh, I would say with shot one, um, he's like a, he's like an undersized tight end. He's like an undersized tight end slash uh, defensive end. Right. So he's, and he's a really good player and I like him. Yeah. And I think he's like, you know, like a low four-star guy, which he kind of is everywhere. Right. Cause he's a really good
0: athlete. He can really run. And by the way, Indiana, Indiana prospect, which Indiana, is why yeah. it's kind of more like better yeah. a little bit more because he's an Indiana kid.
1: Why why yeah, why why he's being asked about for sure. Right. Um, so I think uh you know, one, he's like if you were gonna put him in the tight end category, which I think is I, I would kind of put him there, he's like a notch below um like Flanagan mm. they have in the class, right? And like the other guys they were after, like Lincoln Cure and and you know, um so that's part of it. And then the other thing is like if you're looking at him because he, he was at Irish Invasion, right? Mm-hmm. And he worked out um you know, and I think he did stuff on the D line there too. But you know, they brought all these other guys in um who were kind of in that same mold, right? Like the the Gabe Kaminsky and Reef and uh and Joseph Reef and um you know uh Dom Hulak and and these guys and they like them more and so there's that thing they they compared them and contrasted it. and the other thing is like he's like i've seen some of his measurements and he's got like kind of short arms
0: mm.
1: you know he's he doesn't have uh what you're kind of the ideal kind of physical traits that you would look for for an edge so because of that I think that's kind of why he's viewed and 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 to me he's like a very much a jack larson type of uh um tight end and they're not going to take another jack larson type in this class so that's why i think like um you know why they chose to kind of pass on him
0: yeah and, or you would see why they they would you know at least or not maybe not they haven't passed but like they're just not there to. well they have where well, they haven't right yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows up to how point. they view him specifically it's just like those are some of the things that why they would um like you i don't get into like why they haven't offered a certain guy first of all it's hard to um it, it, it's hard to like keep up with all the guys they haven't offered when like it, 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 it's hard to keep up with the people they have offered right like it's just yeah. you can't there's so many players um so that's that's kind of how I feel about it. So I think you did a good job um summarizing Brock shot there. Um last question of the day here DC Fennel. Uh good morning. Seeing the vast different different differential by the ranking services when ranking commits, what recruiting service do you feel is the most reliable? And where would you um where would you in the staff rank Notre Dame commits? Um, where would you in the staff rank
1: Notre Dame? Um Well oh, I see. Yeah uh I mean you could check I'm DT funnel man you got I, I mean check out the commits page and you can see where I rank all the guys on uh who are the commits for for Notre Dame it's just on the drop down menu on the home page you can you can uh find that um you know to to where uh I've ranked all the guys that uh have committed in this class and in the previous classes going all the way back to uh 2018 2017. Yeah. So that's where, where you can see that, um, you know, and this was a he actually asked this question in or similar question in, in six thoughts in, a, in one of um, uh, the comments after it. And I think the, I don't know why there's such a different um, differential other than like kind of what we kind of talked about last time in terms of there's just all these other factors, like, subscriptions how they want people to subscribe to certain teams I they want to get drive traffic yeah there, there is that part of it i don't want to pretend like that's not part of it because it is but i also think these guys are for the most part are doing a good job and like doing their best to kind of give their what they actually think are um you know and and they have their own biases but that is driven by some of the stuff that we talked about where like Maybe they don't have this regional guy here. Maybe this he's seen this guy in person 10 times, but he only saw this guy once and he had a bad day. Maybe he never saw this guy in person. Maybe there's right. this. Maybe he has more information that the, these other guys don't because that happens too, right? Where, um, you know, I, I, I will say that, um, like, I mean, in, in Rivals, right? Like, they have, like, uh, Chris Burgess and uh, Owen Schubiger, top 50 guys in there. And they're, you know, they're outside – top 100 for uh everybody else right and then um you know ivan taylor's not top 100 in uh uh on three and rivals but he's top 100 or espn or he's top 50 in espn and uh um and 24 7 so it obviously can be different and there's different things that drive it and they other some of these sites have different things that they value in terms of like testing and track numbers and all this kind of stuff that they used to kind of help project things. So there's that part of it too. I mean, in terms of who do I feel is the most reliable? um, I don't want to like disparage anyone else, but I'll, I'll just say that um, the people that are doing it now. So it's like, you could say like, man, 24, seven, I think historically recent, recent history, 24-7 24-7 has been more accurate than um, other than these other sites, than Rivals and ESPN mm-hmm. on three's new, right? But here's the big but. So Rivals, it's a completely different people who are evaluating now for Rivals and are part of the discussions of who gets ranked now. Like there's still some people that are there from before, like Adam Friedman and uh, Adam Gorney. Uh, you know, they have other guys who aren't named Adam who have worked there too, but they... uh <laughs> It, they, you know, they have those guys, but they also have all these other newer guys, right? That are part of it, yeah. right? And um, they're involved in the discussions and they have. Um, so these people are different than the people who did it four or five years ago. So you can't judge these classes until four or five years later when these guys are out yeah. of school and how they've done. so yeah. it, And so. And then a bunch of people who work for Rivals now work for On3. And then On3 also stole a bunch of people for 24-7. So those people are the people who are doing On3's rankings. So how much credit do you want to give to these guys who are part of Rivals? How much credit do you want to give like, to Charles Power, who seems to be like a pretty influential guy in terms of um, you know driving the rankings for On3? I mean, how much does he have – how much say did he have compared to a Bard Simmons who now works for Vanderbilt, right. And as Vanderbilt's general, general manager under Clark Lee. So that's the thing with 24 seven, most of these guys that you could say they're the most accurate. Well, Bard Simmons was driving the bus then. Yeah. And, and it's whatever. And I'm not saying anything bad about Andrew Ivins and, um, Oh, gosh, I can't remember his name off the Cooper top of my head. Cooper Patagna? Yeah, Cooper Patagna. Like, those guys or, uh, you know, uh, Brooks, the other guy who's, uh, you know, was a, he was like a Texas regional guy for, um, you know, Scout back in the day. And then he was like – he used to be like Southeast Texas. And now he's like a national guy, which is great or whatever. There's nothing wrong with it. Just thing, – I'm just saying like these guys when they're – they were in different jobs before where they weren't like – the guys, uh, you know, can, in control of the rankings as much as they yeah. are now. So I can't tell you that, oh, well, look at the 2025 rankings and say 24-7 has the best rankings out of all those sites because it's not proven yet. I mean, let's wait a few years and then we'll look and see where all these guys are going. And and I guess ultimately you'll kind of see – where. I mean, I think ESPN for the most part has the – the most thing and i would say i think espn actually is better than people uh at, at, at doing some of the top guys they kind of they hit on some guys more more than you would think but they also just seem to because they don't have as much coverage they don't have as many people working for them they have some holes and they miss yeah. they miss on guys more yeah they hit but they they miss on some guys because it's like they don't have as many people so um you you got to go in and kind of decide for yourself and, and 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 see where everyone goes uh one thing i could say is that you could look at all of where i rank these Notre Dame commits and some of these ic550 guys and you could say like you know i've i've been doing it the same for a while so you can go into it uh and look at what i've done and you know judge for yourself or whatever but i think i've done pretty decent uh for the most part I mean projecting a lot of these indie guys I'm i am definitely not even close to 100 whatever I've I've whiffed on a bunch of guys but um I think you know you can go and judge for yourself and kind of uh see where everyone's at and there's definitely um you know some everyone's different and i think it's good to be different it's good it's good that there's these different things because if everyone had the same group think i think that would almost be a problem
0: yeah so my process is i always look at my so this is for me personally i just look at twenty four sevens composite because it's an average right and that's what i'm looking for i, I want to know what everyone thinks i don't think of like um I don't think of one person or one site being good or one site. I, I don't really think of it like that, and I never have. I just look at the composite, and then I cross-reference with Notre Dame guys with what Jamie has put out there, because I trust Jamie a lot. Just <laughs> I, I, we, because we talk about it all the time. So I know how he feels about it. So I, I personally trust Jamie a ton on his evals, right? And sometimes they're like vastly different. Like I know you had like Jeremiah love is like a top 50 guy um, for a long time. And then there was a time at the end when he was kind of falling down the thing. And I just thought like, no, I, I, I think Jamie is correct. You know? And I, and I just, so I, I or I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go with what Jamie has said in terms of my perception of Jeremiah love. That's kind of how I look at it. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, cause you said, like, there's so many guys who have gone, back and forth um uh, the, the, you know the guys who were here now they're there and and so you know i don't really know and so i don't really like whenever the sites put out their own like you know 247 is putting out their new 247 or rivals is putting out their new whatever and on three is putting out their new i never really pay attention to it because i just want to know what the composite says what is the average of all these all these sites that's what i'm interested in that's that's kind of how i look at it so i don't look at it in terms of uh whether one side is better than the other i just I, and i never have i don't think it's a good way to go about it so yeah um uh, that's or, it for or, the
1: questions oh go ahead yeah well i will just say too like it's just wild because i was looking at some of it and we're like rivals is like 200 spots lower on bryce young than than um 24 7 was and it, that just is just a complete reminder to just be like how about he's just good and they're yeah. just <laughs> just go from there you know like doesn't matter he's a five-star or whatever it's like yeah he's a really good prospect he's got a chance
0: 200 spots lower than them but like 400 spots lower or higher than he was like three months ago yes so yeah. that's kind of how i look at it so um yep that's the end of the questions thank you everyone for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this channel. Please hit the notification bell. Please like this video. That would be awesome. We'll be back next week with more talk. We're getting ready to ramp up for the spring, Jamie. Spring spring ball is right around the corner. So we're going to ramp up for that. We'll do a little bit of a preview there. Uh, so have a good weekend, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Keep hitting and hustling.